0: Welcome to Uphill Conversations. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Pecoraro. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello there and a welcome to Uphill Conversations. I am your host, Tim Pecoraro, and I'm glad you can join me as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. And I want to thank my friend Marcus Anderson for supplying such wonderful music. You're listening to a great great song entitled no time to waste by mr marcus anderson you can find him on itunes you can find him on title pretty much anywhere marcus anderson an amazing musician so this is episode eight and i want to thank all of you for lending me your time and your ears and the feedback that you've given to me and um i'm just uh i feel very blessed and uh I can't say enough thank you, but thank you. Um, this episode I'm really excited about. It's with a gentleman named Eric Bandholz, and he is a one-of-a-kind gentleman. Um, very unique. This guy has completely built a brand from scratch all around um, this idea of uh, of urban beardsmen, um, making sure that... You know what? It's okay to have a beard, a well-groomed, finely trimmed beard. And uh, his story is very relevant to me um, as a beard wearer. But uh, what I love is this guy's story, the things that he's gone through and how he's built his business. And um, we have some great conversation around you know, investing in yourself, uh, passion, momentum, uh, when did things click for him? Uh, having the right people in his life, uh, belief about potential, and then uh, you know what it takes for him. You know how does he how does he keep going and and not quit? And my favorite thing is just how he thinks ahead and thinking ahead. And but he's got some great information and insight to share with you. And I hope that you'll take the time to listen to it. Of course, if you're in a business, you will learn a lot from this guy. But if you don't have a business, you're just thinking of new things to do, new ways to do things that you are doing, I think this would be very helpful. And most importantly, it's getting to know what great and incredible things people are doing in this world of ours, leaving their mark, and you can do that as well. So without any further ado, let's jump into this interview with Mr. Eric Van Holtz, the creator and founder of Brand. Thank you, uh, Eric, for your time today and uh, coming on the show, Uphill Conversations. And uh, how have you been?
1: Doing great. Doing great, Tim. I'm uh, really excited to be on this show as well and uh, talk through some things and kind of give uh a Give a look into my life, I guess.
0: When we met at the uh, Power Up event in Greenville, South Carolina, um, and you were the keynote, I was just ready. I was like, who is this guy? I want to meet him. And I, I checked you out. And then uh, when you were there and the things you talked about and uh, and just your story, man, and just how laid back you were about yourself. And I could just tell that this guy has a story. And uh, this guy could probably share some great information and we got to connect and talk and i threw it out there to you and you said yeah let's talk and uh you know that was man that was like a highlight for me i was like yeah this guy will do it i loved it so <laughs> i appreciate <laughs> well, it well that's very flattering i think i was
1: only the the keynote at that presentation simply because uh, uh of sh- scheduling conflicts so i think that was like the only time i could sneak in at, at the end of the the uh the talk i was flying in from uh, actually driving in from Atlanta yeah I was so. gonna say
0: you had to hustle up from Atlanta I think
1: yeah I was uh giving another talk in Atlanta actually that morning so oh, wow. it was a, it was a pretty big it was a pretty pretty busy day for me
0: now did you uh did you get to hang out in our little our little we call it Green Vegas did you get to go downtown and check out stuff and
1: well you know I uh grew up in Greenville so uh, I grew up in Greer uh, went to high school there and I, I'm, I go back a lot. My, my parents were there. So I think that's a little bit of how I got uh, the, the event was being able to, uh, I think my dad was connected with, with uh, Frank and uh, they used to coach basketball together. So it's kind of one of those small world deals. Right. Well, you got that height. Did you play ball too? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> you could
0: dribble. Right? I didn't
1: start growing until uh, about college. So by the time I I needed my height, uh, I was already
0: I was already too late. Oh boy! So you Greer, South Carolina, and um, I do believe that you went to the University of South Carolina. Is that correct? Yeah, go Cox! Oh boy! So what are you thinking coming up here? You think they uh, have a chance this year <laughs> of being competitive? Yeah, I'm I'm all on the the coach boom bandwagon. So
1: uh, <laughs> you know it. But uh, I was a big fan of Spurrier as, as well. Like I, I would have let him have, you know, 10 losing years if, if he wanted to do that. But uh, he's an honorable guy in my book. And uh, I think Spurrier really does things the right way. And, and I think Coach Boom kind of has the, the same philosophy in life. You know, a lot of accountability and, and doing things the right way and, and doing what you say you're going to do. And, and uh, I'm excited to see what, what that brings in for the team.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell me um, a little bit, like, I know you're in Washington, and so just maybe fast forward to being in Washington and and what it is you're currently doing with Beardbrand and some of the other stuff that's going on in your world.
1: Well, I I actually make it a little bit difficult for people because I'm a bit of a vagabond. So uh, I was in Washington when I started up Beardbrand. I'm actually down in Austin, Texas now. uh, Oh, man. I've been here for, yeah. Yeah. I get around, man. So I get around. I've get, I get the itch every uh, three to five years to, to move to a new city. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, uh, what happened up in Washington, I used to work for a bank uh, and I worked as a financial advisor and it was really kind of like soul sucking for me, like working for the man, working for this giant uh, organization, this giant um, corporation. And doing something that I kind of enjoyed, but I I really didn't love. It wasn't like a passion of mine. And um, I've always been entrepreneurial. So I decided to quit that job and start up a business. And doing so, I also decided to grow my beard out. So I I grew my beard out for about uh, eight months or nine months without trimming or shaving or anything. And went to this uh, event for, for bearded people, a beard competition. And it was at this competition that I noticed there were other guys out there like me. See, traditionally, like when you thought of a guy with a beard, you thought of like uh, an outdoorsman or a right. biker or a rocker. And those are all cool guys, but but I never felt like I fit into that. So it was at this event that I got the inspiration for the Urban beardsman, who is kind of me, like uh, how I describe myself, and then uh, uni- uniting them all through a community called Beardbrand. And that's kind of um, really where that that kindle that sparkle or that kinder that 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 spark started for uh, our business and, and really for our community as well.
0: Right, and so and, and if I recall correctly, uh, in one of the presentation I was able to uh, uh, be present for, you know, you talked about finding that tribe. You like you were you like you discovered your people. It was it was one of those things. And I know that's a, that's like a uniqueness thing. It's like, you're, you know, it's not that the beard is your identity, but, but that whole connection thing is, I mean, is that true? Am I, am I characterizing that properly?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, like, um, like the beard has been like an interesting journey in my life. And I recognize for some guys, you know, it's just facial hair. It kind of grows. It doesn't grow. But for me, like I've always wanted to have facial hair. Like I've always wanted to have, whether it be a mustache or a beard or sideburns or whatever it is. Like I felt like I had to have it. And then I always felt this pressure. Like in college, I remember doing like kind of, uh, interview prep work. And they're like, the first thing you need to do is shave your facial hair. And then I took a job in sales and there's always this pressure of like, you have to look this certain way and you can't have facial hair. Like, so I always had this, like, internal struggle over, like, do I – can I wear facial hair or not and, right. and do it in roles that, you know, everyone's telling me I can't do it. So, like, what do I do? Like, uh, it, it, I, I don't feel like I'm myself unless I can grow my beard out.
0: Right, right. Okay, right. Well, it's it's interesting because through that, from my understanding, and uh, as as what you've done is is seeing the need. You were around these folks. You were like, hey, you know, you started to identify the, hey, I think it was your, you know, the urban beardsmen, and you know, what does completely, you know, it's just because you're cleanly shaven doesn't mean your face is clean. I think you called it, uh, what is it, completely shaven? Is that your term?
1: Yeah, the uh, I would say the the pro beard version is beardless, but uh, the the kind of all around PC term would just be completely shaved.
0: <laughs> okay, and so with that, you uh, moved into developing products and uh, and and so forth, and and I think from what I you know the beard oils, which I've checked out your site, it's amazing. And and at the end, I want you to tell people where they can go look at this. But I, I as you got to that, and I think it's amazing what you've done. And so this is kind of where I like to go with uphill conversations. I tell people your current condition cannot match your emerging future. And if you want to go, you know, anything worth having is uphill and you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And I remember when you did your presentation, you put a slide up of a boat and I think the boat had some people in it and there was a wake behind it. And you talked about just the wake of things behind you that did not work out. And rather than kind of rehearsing all of those things and talking about what, you know, didn't work, I guess what I want to do is is get into like the just about you, this person, Eric Banholtz, you know, this guy, his personal journey of who he is, what he wants, what he's trying to attempt and accomplish and do in his, you know, uphill uh journey toward his emerging future. And what I would like to know is how do you invest in yourself? Like how did Eric invest in himself in taking those steps where you discovered, you know, the, 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 going to the beard competition, you discovered, Hey, I can make these products. I found this tribe. I can do these things. Like, how did you invest in yourself to get the confidence to go do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you talk about uphill battles. Like I, I definitely feel like, uh, life has been an uphill battle. You know, it feels like nothing is, is ever easy, uh, for us. We've definitely grinded. And I say we, I mean me and, of course, my business partners, my wife, my family. Um, And I think that's the thing is, like, everyone grinds and and battles, and it's not exclusive to me. But uh, you see all the success, and and it kind of makes it look like it's easy. Um, For me, like, I've always been a confident person. You know, I I participated in sports growing up. I, I. I feel like that was a good route of confidence. I've, I'm an outgoing guy. I'm an extrovert. I make friends really easy. Um, I love traveling the world. So like, I always have a positive outlook on life, um, even when things aren't going the, the way that I desired. But the biggest thing for me and, and my investment in myself was really going to events and going to places where I could meet like-minded people. And for me, like, I, I knew that I was an entrepreneur. So putting myself in entrepreneurial type of events, like a Startup Weekend or or there's a entrepreneur type of communities in, in various cities everywhere, I always tried to go to those events. And I found myself meeting other like-minded people. And it was those relationships that I was able to build that really helped take my my journey to the next level, you know, because I'm a big believer that this isn't something you can do alone. Uh, you need a, a network uh, to help you out and uh, or a tribe, as, as we talked about earlier.
0: Right. And that's great. And I'm glad you, you know, you brought up people um, and the importance of people because, you know, um, and I love to use the illustration, you know, when the kid sees a hill and he's got a bicycle, you know, riding by himself is one experience. Riding with friends and if it's a little competitive, it's another experience. Having no gears, that's another experience, you know, and that's what you said. It's very as you're, you know, it's a grind and it's not unique to just one person. I believe it's I think life is presents the necessity of obstacles for all of us and, and people I did, I did hear on a cup on, a, on your podcast, uh, I think with JLD and some other stuff I've read and how you celebrate your partners. Um, I do believe the one you did, um, with, uh, John Lee was, uh, you talked about, uh, you know, doing things alone. And I love your quote, 10% of a million is better than a hundred percent of nothing. And in the value you found in that. Um, so in your journey, how did you, when it came to your passion and you met like minded people and you saw your passions lined up, what did you do to make sure it lived and thrived with those relationships? How did you protect it so it had life and in it and, it and it could actually thrive to actually move forward with what you all felt was agreeable for a future?
1: So, I, I mean, I think it starts with kind of like the upfront contract uh, or upfront agreement where you kind of lay out things for expectations for what you want to see with the business and with the community as it grows. And then, you know, uh, reminding yourselves as you grow, like, this is what we're trying to do. This is how we're doing it. You know, this is why we're doing it. Um, That that really helps with it. And then, like, from, like, a business standpoint, we strive to build a very um, profitable business. So that means not taking out debt. It means not bringing in investors. Right. And that allows us to make kind of our own decisions and do it in a way that uh, doesn't put as much strain on relationships. Because um, everyone knows, like, uh, a business going out of business is not a very fun <laughs> business to be in. No. Um, so we, we try to, uh, I mean, maybe we grow a little bit slower than we could if if we got outside funding or we got a a few million dollars or or whatever it may be, but we're in control of, of how we do things and, and, uh, who we hire and how we hire and, and how we spend our resources. So it definitely helps, um, keep relationships uh, together. And, and of course with every uh, partnership, you're, you're going to have your struggles, right? You're going to have those days where, you know, like (laughs) you don't want to deal with stuff, but you kind of have to, um, or if you don't deal with them, it just builds on it itself and it gets worse and worse. So right. uh, it's definitely it's, it's not easy. You know, it's definitely not easy, but it's very rewarding. And, and when you get to the top of the hill, as you say, um, it's it's a lot of fun.
0: Right And so when you And, and that's even a, a personal investment Because what changes Did you have to make Because remember You're realizing That I'm passionate They're passionate And getting those passions To mix Because that is A personal growth thing You have to be growing In order to make room For someone else With their shared You know what I mean It's a shared thing You know I tell people True innovation Is shared language Shared tools Shared technology You know then you share Passion You share vision You share aspirations um, with that adjustment in you which I, I think you've always been outgoing you make friends easy stuff like that how is that passion connecting with others how is that you know uh manifest itself just in maybe just in in relationships that you are all you know that close with how does it help you deal with maybe difficult people or people that are a little bit more uh you know they're not warm and fuzzy and friendly you know what I mean what has that done to uh uh you know, help you. You know, as far as connecting with them, feeling the success in that relationship, how has that also helped you deal with other people that maybe not the easiest to uh, work with or to communicate with or be involved with?
1: Well, I mean, um, you know, from our perspective and and how we've built our business is one of the, the the things that I remind myself and and I like to live by is I don't take pressure and I don't give pressure. Um, so if I'm around people who uh, put a lot of pressure on, or or um, treat people poorly. You know, I don't take, I don't take to being treated poorly, and I don't treat people poorly. So um, I just, I I don't put myself around those people. You know, I, I view them as as toxic and and detrimental to uh, the growth of of me as an individual, the growth of the team, and and the growth of my my friends and loved ones. So. Um, for me, it's it's about having uh, ability to really have options, you know, and, and if someone doesn't treat you fairly, you've got to move away and walk away from that and, and find people who treat you fairly and who love you and, and uh, respect you and and uh, honor their word, you know, because uh, we have enough stress in life that we, we don't want to spend our time working with grumpy, miserable people.
0: Right. And you're not responsible for people. You're responsible to them. And sometimes your responsibility to them is to say, it's best for me to keep some distance and you to keep some distance and we can remain amicable at, at a distance, <laughs> you know, uh, because right. we're not responsible. Yeah, and I'm for not, that. I'm not a guy to like burn bridges and say, Hey, right. you're a terrible person. Right. It's just,
1: right. You know, this, it's not going to work. And generally like those type of people, like I wouldn't say like they're grumpy and miserable. I, I think it's they just interact and, and deal with the world differently. Maybe it's a little, a little more intense. And and you've said it before, I'm kind of a laid back person. So like like kind of people uh, tend to, to unite. So I tend to find other laid back people who – are of course hungry and driven, uh, but, but have a a more laid back kind of persona
0: to, to how they interact. Okay. And, um, so on momentum, let's, let's kind of dig into it. I know it's difficult to build momentum in anything, and, you know, even just getting the visual of the hill, that's my favorite thing to do. And I'm not a cyclist, by the way, just so you know. I did, you know, I love rock climbing. My sports were wrestling and football, uh, not the WWE stuff, like real uh, freestyle and Greco-Roman um, and stuff like that. But I i just was, I was always been fascinated, though, with these guys that can climb hills, you know, and just the gears, hitting, hitting the hill in the right gear, what it takes to go up the hill and all that. And building momentum is important. Um, because obviously, you know, you're creating, it's resistance. Motion creates friction. You're going to get resistance. And, and it's difficult to build when you're trying to pursue or head toward what it is you want to do. So with that in mind, talking about momentum, um, um, when you get momentum, what is a, what is something that you do in yourself? Just Eric, what does Eric do to continue to keep pace to keep your momentum what are things that you do to not to not lose momentum
1: Yeah I mean that's a that's a tough um, that's a tough question because we've definitely had our momentum and and we've definitely lost momentum uh, in building our business and and I think it's for me it's it's really coming down to focusing on what you can do and what you can control and what's within your grasp um, to regain that momentum. Um, so like business and and life, it's all about execution. It's about doing what, what you set out to do, um, and and just focusing on what you can control. And really you can't sometimes like you just can't control things. And it's kind of funny. Like I think about, um, a company like Birkenstock, right? who right. back in the, the mid to, to late 90s, everyone had a pair of socks. Like they're the <laughs> yeah. hottest thing. You got to imagine like they've been making these shoes forever, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get all this momentum. And, and then in you know, the, the mid 2000s, no one wears them anymore, right? And then here in 2016, everyone starts buying them again. And I'm sure they've been doing the same thing they've been doing you know, for the past 20 or 30 years. And, and sometimes things are just outside of your control. Um, but you just kind of focus on what's within your control um, and, and kind of stand by what you stand by, right? They didn't their the, the quality of their products. They're still high quality. You know, they, they still make leather. And I think it's kind of a lesson where, you know, as much as it sucks and as much as we want everything in, in, in our control, sometimes it's not, you know, and, and sometimes things you just have to, be ready for it.
0: Right. Uh, and so you're, you're basically keeping that frame of mind that this is out of my control. This is in my control. Uh, and a lot exactly. of people, and a lot of people have a hard time in life in general, just, you know, trying to just deal with other people, even in a marriage, you know, Uh just, you can't control another human being. You can't control a person's decisions, but what you can do is take responsibility. You know, the buck stops with yourself. And so, you know, that's, I like the way you're saying that you immediately recognize that, hey, you know, you said you had momentum and hey, you know what, this, this, we can't control this, but this is what we can do. So that's a mental thing. Would you say it's just really, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a focus thing too. Like you've got
1: to be focused on, uh, and, and convict and have conviction for what you're doing is, is going to move you to the the goal. So you have to first believe in yourself, which of course is mental. And then, that drive to execute on it, which is execution, and then um, the, the the follow through and in the the belief, you know? Right. I think it's um it's funny you talk about your wife and you know, for me, like I don't follow politics at all, right? Because the reality is like you have no control over yeah. the outcome. <laughs> and it what it does is it just like stirs these emotions in you and it, it creates divides with you and other people where if I can just block out politics from my life and focus on the things that I can control and the relationships that I can build to make my relationships and my life better, like my life, my world's going to get so much better than any kind of like vote I could ever do. Right. And it, it all cycles down to that thought process. And it's like that with, you know, like you said, with your wife, like I can't change my wife. Like I, I don't control her body. I don't control her mind. Like, but I can change myself, Yep. how I interact with her and uh with the hopes that maybe um it helps make our relationship better you know or or and that's within your relationship
0: in life right and 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 um listen eric i appreciate just you being so just open with this because I'm I'm a firm believer. This is the kind of stuff that people need to hear. You know, there are guys trying to do so much stuff, men and women out there, kids that are growing up, and they just need to hear the nuts and bolts of things. You know, and and just have some practical things that you know what it's there. They may know it, but it's not in their awareness. You know, and it's heightening that awareness for them to where they have some an, another way to look at something. Uh, would you not say it's pretty monumental when you get to the point and realize that I am not in control of you or anything else? I can only handle myself. I mean, is uh, that's would you say that's pretty uh, monumental for a person to embrace that? Yeah, and I I
1: think for me in my journey, like uh, from like an arrogant, egotistical, you know, college kid uh, to where I am now, a slightly more <laughs> humble uh, guy, but still slightly egotistical. But I, I think like the big thing for me was understanding like. I know what I've went through in my life and the experiences that I've had, but I have no way of fully comprehending the 20 years or 30 years or 50 years or 60 years that other individuals have gone through and what took them to get to the place that they are for them to form the beliefs that they have. And it's kind of presumptuous of me to say, like I know what's best for other people because of what I experienced without fully understanding what they've been through uh, for them to make their decisions. So I think that's like another way of, of trying to help keep yourself in control of, of not trying to in, impede your way onto other people, uh, rather than having more of an empathetic look, uh, which will really help drive things forward and, and uh, solidify relationships.
0: Okay. Um, kind of keeping, I know we're, we're kind of all in the middle of it, and I love it. Uh, just so you know, I love this. Uh, the, uh, speaking of momentum, you, you, have you ever had to do some course correcting where you know you're absolutely going in the wrong direction and you have momentum? <laughs> like, could you, is there an instance or a time that you can remember? Or is there something you say, Hey, look, when I know I'm going the wrong way and I have momentum, I do this, or I try to do this, or this is my attempt. This is where I uh, uh, work to kind of counteract or change that. Yeah, you mean like momentum going in the negative direction, Yeah, you're headed the wrong way. And and man, you've got a full head of steam. (laughs) You're just moving.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, um, one thing that I like to do is um, we have quarterly strategy meetings with our organization. And what we do is we step away from the office, we go to a a different city, um, and we really sit down and focus on what our core strategies are. And I think that helps guide us on a regular basis for what we need to be doing, it allows us to um, stay focused on what we think is going to be the, the best and, and help make those tough decisions to break those negative momentums and uh, bring in all the pieces that will help us uh, grow. So, I mean, it's almost like a systematic type of, of process. You know, like I, I don't want to be so reactive to things where, you know, we're jumping all over the place and like, oh no, we're spiraling out of control. Because the reality is you may think things are getting negative momentum, but you're really building a very strong foundation that, that allows for incremental growth, you know, like where, where you like all this hard work and, and let's say from a business perspective, all this hard work that you're doing in PR right? You may not see those results for a month or two months or three months and you're paying all this money, you're losing all this money and you don't think you see the returns. And then all of a sudden you get a Wall Street Journal article, you get a New York Times article, and that was all built on the previous three months of work. Right. Where if you thought you were in a negative momentum spin um, and you pulled out early, you may have not been able to, to build on those relationships and get those deals. So, it's always a, a a challenge and it's it's those purposeful strategy meetings where you say this is what I'm going to commit to for a period of time that's not going to you know put me under, right? Right. You say I'm going to do this for 3 months and then if at 3 months I can reanalyze whether or not it's working or I want to do it for a month or I want to do it for 6 months and really like having that that structure in your life is is going to be
0: so much more beneficial than than just trying to wing it right so and basically I mean what I'm hearing you say is is just regular checkups you know keeping you know keeping you know your 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 eyes, uh, you know, looking and focusing, looking into something, keeping your hand on the pulse, you know, your fingers on the the pulse there. And, uh, and then also looking at what's essential, non-essential, uh, being willing to make tough calls, would you say, just to say, you know what, this, this has got to go, or this can stay, but not necessarily saying, Hey, let's not, you know, we're not abandoning all the momentum. We're just going to make sure it makes sense. And if not, we're making the adjustments so we don't lose it as well. So am I, am I hearing you correctly in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of bad decisions can be made during like these kind of emotional struggles, right? So when you have the ability to step away from it, catch your breath, give it a little bit of time, then you're going to make a a far better decision. I know there's been a lot of times where, you know, I'm kind of like freaking out and I'm like, the world's ending, like Armageddon's (laughs) coming. Uh, And then like, you know, I'm kind of venting with my, my business partners and you know, she'll calm me down. She'll be like, here's the plan. This is what we're doing. Here's how it's working. This is what we're seeing. I'll be like, okay, yes. You know, like, you're right, you're right, you're right. You know, thank you for that. So, you know, a lot of that goes back to an earlier um, conversation we were having about having the right people and having those partnerships to, to really help you out. Um,
0: that's invaluable. So I think that's yeah.
1: kind of, uh, yeah, a big thing for me. Because, you know, business and, and really life is is a very emotional Experience, you know, you got the, the highs and the lows, and I'm an emotional guy too, so it's definitely uh, definitely
0: a challenge to to do all that. Right. Let me ask you. Uh, this is about when things click, you know, and I just have one specific question. Can you tell me a time when you really could see that the things you were learning, whether it's just about you, about yourself, about how to do things, when it actually showed up. You know, a lot of people, they train, they train, or they read, they read, they do, they do, they're doing this and that. And they're just like, when is this going to actually arrive? Like, is can you tell me of a time when you, like a, a marked point in time where you say, wow, this works, or this way of thinking works, this way of doing things works?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think probably one of the biggest moments in, in my journey was, where I really started to feel like a a success was when we hired our first employee or team member of, of beard, beard brand, you know, and that was kind of like, like, this is real, right? This business is no longer like a side project. It's no longer uh, something where I think that, you know, it could be a business in the future. Like it's a business today. Like we are, we are now supporting a, another human being and their family as well. Wow! And uh, I think for me, that's kind of when it clicked that, like, hey, like all the things that I've been doing, like, kind of finally, like, finally, like, fifteen years or, or twelve years after college, like, finally, it's coming together.
0: Would you Would you trade that? Would you have wanted that to happen? I, I mean, obviously, every human probably would say yes. But do you feel it was worth that journey of going through those things as opposed to getting it like a scratch off on a lottery ticket?
1: Uh, Man, you know, I would have loved to have it on day one. (laughs) 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 If I could skip all the heartache and the pains, I would have done that. That's for sure. But, like, the the, the things that I learned helped me get to the place where I am. And I I don't think I could have done that without um, learning all those things.
0: So, um Greater, yeah. I mean, I, that's compounding. I would have loved to have it much, much earlier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you, but, but in it, but because they did it, I mean, you see that. I mean, there's, there's that compound of, you know what I mean? Things compound now for you, and they, and I think the return on investment, personally and business wise. There's probably a lot more stability because of it as well. There's going to be a lot more, um, uh, you know, it'll scale. Uh, I think there'll be longevity. You know, growth can only be sustained by structure, and structure isn't just the things that you have in the system, but it's also that that people component. You know, I say, I tell people all the time, a business has a soul, and that soul comes from people. Whoever it is, you know, they make up the soul of that business, and. Uh, and, and that's why I love, and I'm telling you, when I first heard you speak and I was like, I could see that that guy, that soul is in that business and his partners, it, it's got to be that way because just the way you presented it and how you tied it to just the human, human experience. And I loved what you said about, um, where you said, Hey, look, you know, we're supporting, you know, th- this, this company is actually now putting food on this table for this family, you know, these, you know, it's paying bills. It's, and just the connected at that real level, it's so significant to me beyond success. It's that significance part. And I applaud you for having that attitude, um, toward it. So. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely,
1: and that becomes a burden too, you know, like, uh, to feel that, that your actions directly affect, um, you know, yeah. And lots you, of, lots of individuals.
0: Yeah. But if it's a true aspirational thing, you know what I mean? What, what good is a vision without the weight of a burden who really will work for it? Right. You know, I mean, that's a, a good way of putting it. You and you're, I want to, I, I want to change it. I want
1: to have it any other
0: way. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, but, and that's why I feel like you're carrying that and I appreciate, you know, the way you represent it. And I just wish there were more people that we're doing that's why we're doing this talk. I mean, I believe that's in you and I can see that and I want more people to hear it, you know. And I know where Greer is, man. It's right up the road and for anyone listening to this, man, it's, you know, it's it's Greer, South Carolina. It's between Greenville and Spartanburg and it's it's growing now, but it's kind of like this People treat it like a, like it's a, it's like a step, 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 step child twice removed, you know, and it's like, but it's growing and it's got its identity. And then here you are moving along, man. And I like it. It's been, you've almost been like in the shadows, you know what I mean? But yet you've made a mark. I, I did a podcast uh, that'll go out um, and it's called, our work has, has legs and legacy. And, and it's, it, you know, don't despise these little things. Don't despise your small beginnings that uniqueness in you and the things that you're doing and every step that you're taking matters. And you have no idea how far the things that you do go and live beyond you. You and I, you know, we don't we don't have a clue. And it's like when you run into your own work or when you walk down the road and you hear some guy talking about, yeah, my wife was, and I think in the podcast, you mentioned that uh, there was a gentleman whose own kid or their niece or somebody wouldn't hug him or whatever. I, I, am I correct in that? <laughs> Where they, yeah, yeah, like uh, it was, it was one of the most touching
1: stories uh, from our customers. What happened is, uh, he had like a little two year old or three year old, and he was growing his beard out. And I don't know if his child was like um, autistic or just being like a toddler, um, but the, the child wasn't hugging the father because of his beard. And then uh, he got some of our products he ordered from us and started applying it to his beard. And then his his child came up to him and, and gave him, like, the biggest hug he's ever had and talked about how great he smelled and, <laughs> and was really, like, special how our product could, you know, affect these people in ways that I never even thought about um, where, where it really brought that bond with, with their, their family. It was really special. It's giving me goosebumps right now.
0: Man, it's, that's your, your work, the thing you did, your vision, your aspirations, your investment in yourself. All of those things translated into that had legs and legacy that went so far beyond you and beyond just a product being applied to something. That is the stories, man. That, that's the stories of why you didn't quit that's why you didn't give up it's like if that changed that for that man in his life and for that child man look at who would have ever thought beard oil conditioners and trimming right think about it would make a relationship better <laughs> I mean it's well, awesome. I mean it's awesome I've man got
1: even it's awesome <laughs> I've got even more than that I've got a, another customer who is wearing our product and uh, his now fiance came up to him and loved the way that he smelled,
0: and it started the conversation. Now they're getting married. I love it. Your work has legs and legacy, Eric. So um, really quick about potential. Um, What are your thoughts about people, just people and their potential? What do do you think about that when I just ask that question?
1: Well, uh, we've talked about it a lot in this podcast, but I'm a big believer that you're in control of yourself. And, And then when you... Recognize and realize that you can do anything that you want to do um, that's very empowering. A lot of people have this uh, entitlement and thought process where things are owed to them, where uh, it's someone else's fault why they're not successful or why they aren't making the money that they want to make. And once they recognize that they can't control other individuals, that it all bears on their shoulder... It, it is uh, a little more of a burden, but it's also very empowering and it allows you to do and take the steps necessary to do the things that you want to do in life and live the life that you want to live. So uh, once you recognize that, you, you can be whatever you want to be. You know, like if, if you're driven by money, which I don't recommend, you can be super rich. If you're driven by, you know, happiness, which which I do recommend, then, then you can put all the things in your life that you want to be. You know, you can... Uh, Put yourself around people who are happy. You can do activities that make you happy and uh, you can build a a financially independent type of life that uh, generates the revenue that you need uh, to live a life that that lowers your stress and burdens.
0: Well, Eric, you've you've. Yeah, you go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I believe that can be anyone as long as they recognize that they're in control
0: and they get rid of that entitlement mentality. Well, and I think that's you're you are speaking very clearly on that, and it's basically telling people, once again, which I'm a firm believer in. It's a personal do that in yourself, and then take that everywhere else you go. You know, Sky, like I tell people it's not you're not just the father; it's the man who goes in, and your your role is the father. It's a if you're a husband, you're the man, and you carry that into the relationship as husband. So you have to build those things in order to bring them into the things that you are. Doing whether it's work or your relationships or whatever, and and I love what you're saying because once again, if you want to overcome excuses and alibis, hey, you've got to take that approach. You're gonna to have to look at it and go, hey, look, you know what? I have potential. I need to own this. I need to, you know, realize I can't control everything. And hey, you know what? Forget the excuses and alibis and the entitlement. I don't need all of that. I can I can grow. I can do things. So uh, you're 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 hitting it right there, man. Um, hey, what it takes? What keeps you from quitting? Um I just want to
1: build something really really big and really cool and affect a lot of people. Like I want to change the way society views beardsmen. I want the term com- clean-shaven to be stricken from our vernacular as a society. I want people to say completely shaven. Like I want the world to be different than when I came into it. So I have big aspirations. I don't want to sit around and and do small things. I, I want to make a, a pretty big mark on the world. So I'm not there at all. Like what we've done so far is is really small for, for what it can be. And um, I'm not going to be content until I feel like a guy can grow his beard out without feeling any kind of pressures. Uh, he can just be himself.
0: Right. And what what I love is a lot of people say why does that even matter? But I like that someone does care because it does matter. And there's a whole big world out there and sometimes we're so, you know, micro-minded that we forget that there's a there's a, over, you know, billions of people out there on this planet, you know? So uh that's great. How, how, go ahead. Yeah, and
1: for me, I mean it's it's not so much about the the actual word, but it's about creating a society that allows people to be who they want to be. You know, it's about allowing individuals to feel comfortable in their own skin and taking away the, the, the walls and the, the barriers that prevent guys and, and really women
0: as well from, from being that person. Right. How, how do you push yourself to outwork everyone else? Um, you know, it's,
1: uh, I just find things that you enjoy and it's not work. So, uh, that's kind of the thing for me. I'm not. I'm not working when I'm doing on something I love, and then
0: if yeah. if I'm not working, I can do it all day long. Right. Awesome. Well, last thing, looking ahead or thinking ahead how are you stockpiling ideas? What is a habit of yours that you do to say, Hey, I got these ideas, these thoughts, like I'm going to take them through a test process, or I'm going to leave them on the shelf for a little bit, or I'm going to start, you know, chatting with some people I trust. Like what, how do you stockpile them and then actually start getting them in, in the forefront to possibly uh, explore? Yeah. The, the challenge for me isn't
1: really uh, generating ideas. Uh, the challenge for me is, is really harnessing and, and staying focused. Like I, uh, I've always been a, a guy who just like I, I see opportunities everywhere, and uh, to a certain degree, I know a lot of entrepreneurs deal with this. Is like it's always like the the shiny new thing, or the the grass is always greener. So for me, it's like how do I stay focused on on building what we're building? Um, but I've got I've got a whole slew of of ideas, good and bad, uh, ready to be executed on uh, when when the time is right. So for me, it's it's about staying focused and, and staying true to our, our vision and our mission, which isn't, you know, our our mission is not to to create beard care products. Our mission is to change the way society views beardsmen and it's it's to foster style for the urban beardsmen. And and when that's our our vision and our mission, then it allows us to do so much more than just generate beard care products. So uh, to foster more style, we're, we're coming out with hair products, we're coming out with body products. We've got an incredible blog or Beardsman where we talk more about like style and grooming tips and and fashion tips and self-improvement and things that don't even relate to products that we're selling. Um, so I think like having a bigger overarching vision uh, really helps prevent you from being stagnant and prevent you from uh, just
0: doing what what you know best. Great. Great, man. Well, why don't you tell uh, the listeners where they can find out more about you, uh, those details, places you would like to send them? So uh, I'm Eric Banholz.
1: I'm the only Eric Banholtz out there. If you Google my name, you'll find me. Uh, The the company is Beardbrand, beardbrand.com. And then if you want to check our content out, it's done at urbanbeardsman.com. And from those two sites, you'll be able to find all of our social media platforms, or our YouTube channel, is, which is pretty big as well, we've got over 100,000 subscribers. Uh, we produce a lot of content for our audience. So there's definitely lots of things that you can find.
0: Yeah. And just so you guys know that I definitely had beard envy when I saw Eric. And uh, so I'm, I'm investing in those uh, products. And I love what he says, because I hate all the trimming that I have to do a lot of times to go to some of the meetings I end up in and my marketing meetings and stuff. And Hey man, you've been giving me confidence that you know what I'm. I'm neat. I'm okay, and this is who I am, and I don't want to have to change that for anybody. So, just just to give you a little uh, thumbs up on that, that really helped me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good man. (laughs) See you with a a nice, well-groomed beard here. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations, and um, and as you guys know, I know you can do more, be more, and have more in your life, and it starts with you. And um, your current condition can never match your emerging future everything worth having is uphill you can't go uphill with downhill habits and uh, i want to once again thank eric for being here and um hopefully i'll see you guys on the hill soon take care you've been listening to uphill conversations if you would like to hear more subscribe to the show go to UphillConversations.co. later on
1: uphill conversations is a potad production A partnership of thinking and doing.